Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronas, how are you doing today? Doing well. Another day, more in a baseball game. So it's a good day. <laughs> a lot of baseball games uh, from now until uh, October. Do you think the baseball season's too long? Uh, No. I'm fine with it. Uh, just used to the 162 game season. I know some people want to cut down, but uh, no, I'm fine with it. I want to cut down, Ronis. Did I tell you that? I think you want every sport cut down except football. <laughs> yeah, no football. Football, I don't want it to be added. How about that? I I do not want 18 games. I don't. I think that I I know why some people might think that's better. I'm not sure I do. I just think. <sighs> Basketball, I love, but man, that season goes to what? Late June, when it's all done. Mid June, mid June, and then it's and the draft is always late June, and then it feels like it starts over again. Baseball, why are they playing baseball games when it's so cold that you see snow? So, what do you want them to do? What's your solution? My, I'm glad you asked me that. My solution would be to end the baseball season on August 31st or thereabouts. And then start the, start the playoffs in the month of September. Because I think you lose people. I do. I think once football starts, you start to lose the, the people. And I think you wouldn't lose people if you had it in, 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 uh, in the summer. I mean, in September. Football's on in September, so what's the difference? Because by the time baseball's done, it's literally like week six in football. And people are already turned their brain, their switches off. Except, except for the two teams that are in the World Series. When Kansas City plays St. Louis, those fans are in. I'm not, I'm not, I think the casual fan may have turned their attention to football at that point. Why? If there's games on Tuesday and Thursday night, there's no NFL. So, you know, Wednesday night, Friday night. So how does someone turn their attention? If there's nothing on that night except the World Series game and there's no football games, how does that change things? I just think it helps. There's bad pitching. You're bringing up guys in September. Right, because you don't even know half the rosters. Races, There's pennant I know, races. How I many know. times have we gone down to the final day of the season with a wild card playing again in the last couple of years? But I mean, you could also have the wild card. Wouldn't you have more more teams competing if you ended on August 31st? More teams would have a chance. Nah, not really. I don't think Why it not? would change much. Why not? It's the same, thing, same concept. So wait, your complaint is you don't want cold weather, but you're going to continue to play in April. When I don't want cold weather. I do, I really I, I I find that if but you're supposed you to play baseball, have, if you have East Coast teams, what are you going to do? There's no perfect solution as far as the no, weather, unless you that, cut down two months. I know, but don't you you don't think it's problematic when it's in Cleveland and it's literally 32 degrees after they played in June, July, August, and September, and now they are in mid October freezing their butt off. You don't find that a little prob- problematic? It could happen in September. But it usually doesn't because summer goes until the 22nd. No, I think you have summer. a better chance. You have a better chance for warm weather. Yeah, fall I, starts I, September 22nd, doesn't it? Or the 21st? I don't, 
I don't think they're going to – they're not going to make these changes, so we're wasting our time talking about it because it's never going to happen. They make well, too much money. They're not going to well, trim the, the season. Problem. That's the problem. Uh, that, no, that's true. It all comes down to money, Ronis. I agree with you. But you're asking me which sports. I think, I think most sports would be, would be better with fewer games. I think you can cut the NBA season 10 games too. Eight games. I don't think it's going to happen. All right. So I, I see you don't want to talk about it. That's fine. I want to talk about it. because I, But why, why is it? You know, I, I go to the game this week, and they put in that pitch clock, right? That 20-second pitch clock. You think that's making a difference? No, I don't think there's a need to do it. Uh, you know, I don't know in the end if it will really trim off that much games, but time. But I don't see the need to do it. The pitcher can't even see the clock. The umpire can, but what is he going to do? Hurry up? I don't think it trims anything off the game. I really don't. Well, I watched that clock closely. By the way, they turn the clock off when the guy starts to move around on the mound. They, they turn the clock off anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, they're tr- they're trying, and I think they're trying too hard. But I'm just I'm, so I'm giving more ideas to try to help improve the game. I, I, don't you think that they're going to go to a, a designated hitter in the National League soon too? Anyway, yeah, they already brought that up and they squashed it for this year, but it's probably going to happen in two to three years, I would say. Right, going to go that way because they need to keep guys playing. It's going to make more money for everybody. Yeah, I don't know. They do everything for money. What can I tell you? All right. All right. So, um, did you see that Bryce Harper's uh, the Phillies offer for north of three hundred million? When does he get signed, Adam? I would think sometime this week. You know, there's a possibility maybe the Dodgers swoop in and offer him less years, uh, but a decent amount of money, and maybe that's going to sway him. Maybe that's where he's leaning. Maybe he feels like the Dodgers are a better fit for him than Philly. It just seems like there's a little reluctance on his part to go to Philadelphia is the way I'm kind of interpreting this right now. If that's the case, do you think, do you, do you worry that Harper is not in getting reps from the beginning of spring training? Will that affect you at all drafting him at, at all? No, uh, because it's, I think it's different with a hitter. Uh, pitcher, I'd be much more worried. Uh, we've seen it, the pitchers the last couple of years that come in late. I think it's much different. Harper is 25, 26. I'm sure he's swinging. I'm sure he's in good shape. So, no, maybe he gets off to a little slow start. But, no, I'm not really worried about it. And his price is already kind of depressed anyway. You know, he's fallen to the mid-second round in a lot of drafts. So, he is capable of putting up a top five finish overall. Again, we've only seen it one year. Uh, But when you talk about mid-second round, I think that's a price where, like, I'll definitely cash in because – if he does put it all together, uh, he's going to exceed that draft price. But I understand why people are being hesitant because I'm kind of the same way, too. When I look at that first round, it's like he's just all over the place as far as average and speed. Uh, but he, if he can put it all together, uh, he could have a monster season. So mid-second round, uh, I'm fine with that price. And the Beat Dr. Roto League that I'm in, obviously, because the Beat Dr. Roto, he was – the third to last pick of the second round. Yeah, and I like that spot. You know, I'm willing to take him in there. I think I might have... Juan Soto went before Bryce Harper. Yeah, I'd take Harper over Soto. I would too. But you would... But here... All right, so just giving you names in the second round. Altuve, Goldschmidt, Baez, Stanton, Judge, Sale, Lindor. We agree on Soto. Kluber. He should have gone before all those guys, right? I mean, I, those, all the, those guys should have gone before him. 
Uh, I would take him before Kluber. Can you believe that Freddie Freeman went at the end of round two and Trevor Story was the first pick of round three in that draft? Yeah, but it's also a 12-team league. So you have would to you want to be Trout, draft. Freeman, and Story? That's pretty good. It is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the pitching fills out in that one. Oh, that guy went Syndergaard in round four. Clevenger, first pick of round seven. Mad Bum, first pick of round nine. Eduardo Rodriguez in round 14. Can you okay, win with that? Yeah, it's, yes. It's a good team, right? Yeah. I think Clevenger in round seven really helps that team. Yeah, I mean, I took him round four in the great fantasy baseball invitational. So he's one of a few pitchers last year that had 200 innings, 200 strikeouts. So uh, I'm a fan of him. I liked him a lot last year. And he came through. And uh, I don't think it was a fluke. Now, in a 12-team league, we're now in round 16. That guy who took, who has Trout and Freeman's story, and I gave you his pitching staff, is that enough pitching by round 16? Or do you think that he's a little pitching light? So he had four arms? Syndergaard in four, Clevenger in seven, Bumgarner in nine, Eduardo Rodriguez in 14, and Ken Giles in 15. Yeah, see, here's the thing, and I think people do this too much. Everyone says, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. You can win in a multitude of ways. I mean, I did it last year in one of the scout drafts where I started with three pitchers in the first four rounds of, of the scout 44 or 88, and I won that league. And then there were other drafts where I waited on pitching. So it really comes down to your ability to you know, get the talent in the middle to late rounds that exceed their draft value. So for me last year, it was getting Bauer, it was getting Clevenger, it was getting Trinan. So I don't think there's one set blueprint for you to win and say, well, you need, you don't have enough pitching by round 16. I mean, what if, you know, All right, so let's, all right, so I'll give you a team. This team is number the third team. Round four, he's got Edwin Diaz. Round seven, he takes Osuna. Round eight, he takes Raciel Iglesias. His only starter through 15 rounds is Kyle Freeland. Yeah, is he I done? think he's in, he's in trouble. You can't okay. because one of those closers goes down. You know, you're you're in trouble there. Okay, great. You win the saves category. Where are you in wins? Where are you in strikeouts? You know, you're already in a hole in those two areas. Freeland's not even a lock to be as good as he was last year, pitching half his games in course. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, you you have got to hit unlike every late pitcher, like all of them. Because you're right, so, right now, the projections, he's down in strikeouts, he's down in wins. Okay, great. You won saves. What else does that do for you? All right, I'll give you another team. So this is a team here. Through the first eight rounds, he did a Scott Pianowski, all hitting. First eight rounds, all hitting. And the hitters are good. Bregman, Baez, Hoskins, Bogarts, Andohar, Hanniger, Pollock, Dahl. From round nine through 16, Hader, Nebel, Bieber, Yates, Brazier, Eovaldi, Archie, Bradley. How does that team win? And that's a draft champions league? Yeah, this is the Beat Dr. Auto League. Same league. Yeah. Guys got B Bieber and Evolve. There's only two starters and everything else is a closer. Yeah, I mean, in that strategy, look, he looks like he's looking to win uh, ERA and whip, win saves, and then hope to be middle of the pack in wins and strikeouts. Can you win that way? If your offense dominates, you're going to need your offense to be near the top in almost every offensive category. I mean, he's got good eight guys. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Those eight guys are pretty, pretty impressive. But I don't know. I just I, I think that people think, maybe I'm wrong on this comment, but I think people think they can figure out pitching later in drafts, and that's not always the case. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do. Uh, you know, I've said that, you know, we got to find the 
uh, Snell's, Bowers from last year, this year, and it's not going to be easy to do. Uh, Walker Buehler was one of those guys, too. He was going in the reserve rounds. Tyen was going double-digit rounds. Flaherty might not have even been drafted in some leagues. I know I took him late in the league, so you, you really have to hit on a lot of those. Zach Wheeler, that's another guy that was really late last year that we knew had the pedigree, and it was just a matter of health, and he stayed healthy, and he excelled, but you see where he's going now. So there will be pitchers uh, going in those later rounds that emerge and uh, you have to find a few of those if you're going to go the route of passing on the elite arms. And again, it's not a lock that these all these elite arms produce. We know there's going to be injuries. It's inevitable. So uh, you feel more comfortable coming out of your draft with those elite arms, but they're not a lock to, to produce. I mean, people felt good with Kershaw last year, and while his numbers were good when he was on the mound, you know he was uh, a little bit of a headache last year for you. All right, let me throw out another team here which did the inverse of what we've been looking at. This team through the first eight rounds only has two hitters. This guy has Acuna and Albies, but then he goes Kluber, Nola, Bueller, Paxton, Chapman, Doolittle. My question to you there is, pitching is great. He's got four top starters, two closers. Is he so far behind in those hitting categories because he only has Acuna and Albies after round eight? Is that a problem? He is right now, but he's going to just have to hammer bats. And, you know, if you are able to get the right bats, it could work. So, all right, so, it's not so, something so I he would added, want to do. Because so I, okay. I, I won a league having four pitchers of my first eight picks last year. Cause, but I had Sale, DeGrom, uh, Sale, DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Bauer. All right, this guy follows up with Myers, Turner, Brantley, Anderson, Lamb, and Sano. Doesn't seem good enough. It's a lot of risk, but there's all also right. a lot of those guys, if they stay healthy, can produce. Okay. So there is definitely risk there, but like if Sano figures it out, he's a guy that can hit 35, potentially 40 home runs. Lamb obviously is coming off an injury plague season. Even if he doesn't play against all lefties, he can hit 25 to 30. Turner obviously is a beast. It's all about staying healthy, but when he's at the plate, he crushes. Brantley's in a great spot there in Houston. So that's the thing, though, is if you are going to pass on the base of good offensive players in the early rounds, then you're going to have to take these risks. And it's kind of a boom-bust strategy, but some people do have the mentality, hey, if I don't finish first, then I don't care. Uh, I still like to, to have balance across the board and still focus on the offense uh, as the base. And uh, I like to find the... You know, I actually like a lot of the arms going in the middle rounds this year. So uh, I don't. Who are some of your, who are some of your favorite arms in the middle rounds? I know like Tyler Glass now, Joe Musgrove. Yeah, I like Musgrove, uh, Andrew Heaney. Uh, so like that range of pitchers, I think sometimes are, are better than some of the guys going rounds five to eight. Right, Heaney just went in round fifteen. I took Glass now in round fifteen. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think you can get some. I think you can get some value if you wait a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's again, there's different ways to win, but when you go skew heavy in one direction, I don't think that's uh, the ideal plan. Uh, it can work, but you really are putting yourself in an area where you need so much to go right. So I generally don't take that approach of just like all hitting early, all pitching early. I like to mix it up and I want to come out of a draft with balance. So after eight rounds or nine rounds, do you want to be four and four, five and no. three? I, there's no set, but I usually am not four four. It might be six two. Okay. So all right, well, 
look at my team here. I took Yelich and Judge, then took Cole and Severino, then took Segura, and then took Tyon and Hand. You're never getting that team in a competitive league. There's no I chance. I know. Well, the point was I went four and four. Not now. Now I'm now I'm questioning what I did. You made me question what I did. Well, but then no, I, th- I thought the value was so good I couldn't pass it up. Yeah, again, there's no set blueprint. Uh, and then people ask these questions all the time, like, oh, what should I have? And you know, it really depends on what the draft board, how it evolves. You know, Because if there is a lot of value there, and especially in a 12-teamer, I'm going to take the best players on the board and then see how it pans out after. It's a little bit different in a 15-team league because you're just not going to have those options. So it really does change the way you draft. Uh, if you haven't done a 15-team league, do it, and you'll see – the big difference between that and the 12, it's, it's stark. It's true. I, I, I prefer 15, but what do you think most people play? Uh, probably 12. Probably 12. That's probably true. All right. We're talking more fantasy baseball. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto. He's Adam Ronas, and we'll be back with you right after this. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Hey guys, can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 fantasy football package, which includes the best math based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season long betting, best ball, NFL draft content. Every day of the year to give you an edge, regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. Adam Ronis, could you cover football 365 days a year? Uh, Probably. I might get bored of it, but... (laughs) Uh, just because, look, I think you can cover it all year round, but I just have other interests. You know, as you know, uh, just looking at my personal life, I'm not someone that can be with one person. Maybe soon. We'll see. But I'm just saying throughout <laughs> just, most of my life. Honey, if you're listening, I can be. I can be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She might listen. Nah, nah. I'm just saying for the part of my early part of my life, I haven't been able to be that way. I like variety. I like different sports. And I love baseball. I love NBA. So, look, I understand there are people that do it. And you can. I mean, there's so much going on now. We have the combine, free agencies coming up, the draft. But, like, you know <laughs> – I just, to me, there's just other sports going on that I need to focus on right now. Like baseball, this is prime time. Like I really, like this, the next few weeks is time to gear it up and, you know, dig deeper and do more drafts because I have like a stretch where I probably have like three, four drafts in six days coming up, you know, a competitive leagues, auction leagues, NFBC, a local league that's tough. Um, so, and I got Tout Wars on Tuesday. A week from today, actually. So, 
you know, I have to focus as I'm, and I'm playing NBA DFS, you know, and NBA DFS nowadays is crazy. You know, last night, again, a lot of last minute news. It was an 11 game slate today, only three. So a little bit easier and I won't play as much volume, but it's just tough to devote all that time to the NFL when so many other things going on. But there's a lot of people who only do NFL and I know they think they have an advantage, but I don't know. Seem to do well in the NFL too. So, so if I like, if I add a bonus, I like milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate, German yeah, chocolate. Yeah, exactly, man. You need a little variety. <laughs> like do the same thing all the time. Uh, like I look, I don't know how people just focus on one sport in this industry. I but good for them if they can. They, they should they should win a little bit more. Just right. Gonna say that. <laughs> just gonna say that. While I'm knee deep here in baseball and basketball. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to have a leg up on me. Right. But the, Well, that's true. If you're doing football 365, Ronis, you better be really good at it. You better yeah. be really good at it. Right. You have the whole year to just focus on that. I mean, some of these guys don't even know like 10 MLB players. <laughs> you're you're you know? going to laugh, but I think my doing other sports actually makes me better when I get to the sport that I'm doing because then I totally start focusing on it. Yeah, and I also think too, you do more drafts and you know, you're you're thinking a lot, you know, like to me in every pick that I'm doing now on this great fantasy baseball invitational, like I, I've kind of sat here more than normal and taken time because I keep getting sniped. So that's a good challenge because it gets your brain working strategy. That helps for other sports too, man. It really does. It's just you're active all all year round, uh coming up with different strategies and really putting your brain to the test. I find the more I draft, the sharper I am. And then by the time I'm like a week or two out, I'm literally, you can sit next to me in Vegas, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what picks are going. I can literally go, this guy's going, this guy's going, this guy's going. I mean, outside of a strange pick, I can predict pretty much the whole draft at some point. Right, because you're just ingrained and you've been drafting for months and especially pretty much every day leading up to the final drafts right before the NFL season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I just, I just like the variety. I like doing different sports. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'm locked in. I, I mean, I like the different sport aspect, but I mean, obviously, I do love football. And I find that, and I'm being quite honest here, I find with baseball, if I'm competing around July 4th, I'm still involved. If my teams aren't good on July 4th, I tend to, I, recently, within the last couple of years, I tend to move on because I get so deep, deep in football. Yeah. But like I mean, last year, last year I hung on in baseball because I finished like, second and tout. So I did fight to the end. Yeah, I think you, you always have to fight to the end regardless because you just never know. Like even tout wars last year, I was probably like eighth, ninth place, maybe halfway through the year and was able to get into a first place tie going into the final weekend of the season. So uh, it can be done. You can turn it around and... I understand it does become difficult in that time period where the football and baseball merge. I mean, it's even more difficult in basketball, which is why I'm not able to play in as many season-long leagues because, you know, baseball finishes and football's going on, and it's like, oh, wait, the NBA starts in a week and a half? I haven't done any drafts yet. So because they pushed up the last year, they pushed it up to, like, mid-October. So there's really hardly any time to prepare. And, which is, I guess it works out because I love NBA DFS anyway. So uh, I just focus on that a little bit more than season long, which kind of sucks because I do like the season long NBA too, even though that has definitely lost a lot of steam. All right, Adam, your New York Mets, there's some news out there. Todd Frazier 
has been diagnosed with an oblique strain. You know what I say to oblique? Three weeks to an oblique. Does this mean Frazier doesn't start the year with the team and Peter Alonzo does? Uh, it's possible now, certainly. You know, Alonzo still needs to work on his defense. Uh, he made an error the other day where he can't, couldn't scoop up a ball, but it's not a lot because they could use J.D. Davis at first. He played first base today, so it's possible that they do that. I know there was talk about uh, they asked if Jeff McNeil would move to the infield now, and they said they didn't want to because they want to get him experience in the outfield, and he's obviously someone that could play second or third. Uh, so my guess is that, uh, you know, they, they might not – uh, they could put J.D. Davis at third. I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts here. A lot's going to depend on, on Jed Lowry, too. He's got the knee soreness. So I think the Mets kind of knew this. That's why they wanted to have this depth. They have some older guys, but they also have some youth. And uh, the acquisition of J.D. Davis could prove to be a, a really important one. You may not. I, I, maybe you can help me understand this. I, I thought McNeil did a very good job last year. Why bring in Jed Lowry when McNeil does what Lowry does and you just it's easier to find another outfielder than it is to find another person that does what McNeil does? Well, because Lowry's been a good player the last two years and he is someone that they felt that they could kind of move around the diamond and you know hit in different spots of the order. So I think that's why they did it. I don't think it's that they were down on McNeil. I think they just wanted some infield veteran depth and that's what Lowry did and they felt he was uh, affordable. I think J.D. Davis could have sneaky impact for the Mets this year. I think the guy was a very good hitter in AAA, and he's proven to be a quad-A player. But maybe there's some life in that bat, Rona, somewhere. Maybe there's life there. Yeah, and he's not someone that is going very early in drafts because he just doesn't have a solidified role right now. Um, but he's still only 25 years old. And again, that's I think that's why the Mets did all this is they they wanted to have depth in case injuries strike. And you're seeing it now, you know, even if Lowry and Frazier are not there to start the year, I think they're OK that uh, they can get by. Um, so we've we've seen very little of Davis at the major league level, uh, but he was on a team where they kind of didn't need him. We know the Astros have a lot of depth, so uh, it was a it was a good pickup because he did show a good power in the minor leagues and uh, they might need him here to start the year. Is there any hope for Keon Broxton? Because there was a time where I liked him when he was uh, with the Brewers. Or, or do you think that, you know, maybe, I mean, didn't one year he have like 20-20? I know he only hit two, like 220 that year. But there were, there were seeds of something. Is he ever going to fulfill potential? You think he's just a fifth outfielder? Uh, maybe fourth. Uh, he was 2020 20 in 2017, but the strikeout rate has just been crazy. He does draw walks, but... I, he's tantalizing for fantasy because if you ever got the opportunity, you could get potentially 20-20, although it might come with a, a low batting average. Uh, he's very good defensively, which is always going to keep him in play. Uh, but the way they're situated right now, I don't see him playing much. Uh, it seems like they're going to really try and give McNeil the shot in left field with Nimmo in center and Conforto in right. So. Maybe it gets to the point where they decide, all right, let's move McNeil to, to third um, and then have Alonso or Davis at first, and maybe they put uh, Broxton in center and move Nimmo to left. It's possible. Jonas Cespedes, will we see him in 2019? Yes, but it's probably going to be till after the All-Star break uh, at the earliest would be my guess. Let's say the Mets arguably are – 10 games out of a playoff spot come July 15th. Do you want to play him just to see how he looks? 
or do you just want to give him more time to heal? How, how do you decide whether to bring him back or not? When he's ready to go, you put him in the lineup. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, the guy is a, a big power bat, and that's kind of like making a trade at the trade deadline without giving anything up. So we've seen him you know, have some big games in the postseason a couple years ago, and he clearly wasn't healthy last year. So when he's good to come back, uh, you get him in the lineup, and if they are able to live up to expectations with everything else they have, uh, that's just a big addition to get uh, in the middle of the season. All right, I know, I'm sure you saw this. Nolan Arenado looks to be signing an eight-year contract close to $260 million. This will give him the largest annual uh, contract of any player. Do you think once Machado and Harper sign their deals, guys like Arenado are going to say, pay me more now? No. I mean, this is a more than fair deal, so he just signed it. So I don't see how he can say, I want more money. I mean, he knows what the market is, so... I think this no, I'm is, saying other players. When other players see how much Harper and Machado are getting, I, I do think that this is going to require teams to like redo deals for other star players. No, I don't think so. I always think so. I always think like when guys see guys getting more, they're like, "I'm as good as this guy. Harper's good, but maybe I'm better than Harper. I want to get 38 million. I'm just throwing out numbers. You don't agree? No, I don't think so. All right. I, I, sometimes I just feel I find like there's unrest, and I think there's got to be a way that baseball handles this better, just in general. All right, um, Odebel Herrera. Actually, I want to talk about Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton has uh, two home runs and 10 RBIs after two games. Uh, I know it's spring training. Does this? Is, do you think that his value is now going to go up a few rounds because people see this? Do you think that's merited? What round would you take him in? I, I took Buxton, I think, in the FSTA, like round 12 or 13. Thought that was a good time, for him, time to take him there. What's your thoughts on Buxton? His ADP is absolutely going up. People who say the spring doesn't matter, they're full of crap because they're already boosting him up based on two games. So I liked Buxton based on his price. I got him in a draft in January around 11. I think it was round 11, pick 14 of a 15-team league because I looked at it in that area and said, okay, if he goes back to what he did two years ago and potentially improves, that's a player I want in that round because a lot of those players in those rounds don't pan out. But I did see someone say that he went in the fifth round of a draft yesterday. So I don't understand how three days ago you thought Buxton was double-digit rounds and now because of two spring training games, you're going to jump him when – you know, what changed? And you can't tell me, well, I just thought of it. No, you're, you're doing it based on two games. So I like him. There's upside, but I just think it's going to happen. This happened last year. I wanted a piece of Buxton, and people just drove him up the draft board where he went in round three. And I said, I'm not taking him in that round. So people helped me because I was out based on the price. So I'm afraid the same thing's going to happen again. I would like a piece of Buxton. You know, even round 10 is even fair at that point. What rounds are you in in the great uh, in the Invitational? Eight. And is he, does he, did he go yet? No, not yet. This is just a really sharp room. Like, Do you every, feel like you want – it's your pick coming up soon. Would you take Buxton here? I don't think he fits my roster right now. I mean, If I he could, did, if he did, is this about the time where you pull him? I think in this room you would have to. Um I would think that he moves up uh, to round nine, round 10 at least uh, for sure. Because, I mean, I liked what I read about him several weeks ago. There was an article in The Athletic 
and you know he was really upset about not being promoted in September. He put on a lot of muscle, but there are a few things that are going against him. He's probably going to hit ninth to begin the season, and unless he gets off to a great start, you don't want a player hitting ninth. Uh, the speed will be there, but his runs and RBIs will take a big hit if he's hitting ninth. But they don't have a prototypical leadoff hitter. My guess is it's Jorge Polanco right now, and. I do not want to put Buxton first. I'm telling you that right now. That guy puts more pressure on himself. It could be an unmitigated disaster, Adam. And But if he's not hitting first, I don't see them putting him second. I mean, maybe sixth or seventh, but that's the problem is that hurts his value. So, uh, look, he's a he was a top prospect, so I don't think you want to ever give up, give up on those guys. Uh, not all of them pan out, but this guy was the second overall pick, and he's still only 25 years old. And last year was just a disaster where it was injuries. Like, I don't see how you could take anything away from last year. It was only 28 games, and he was hurt, and he tried to play when he was hurt. Then he got hurt during rehab. So I think you got to forget about last year, and he was okay in 2017. Was he great? No, but he stole 29 bases, and we know how much of an advantage and how difficult it is to get stolen bases right now so just on that fact alone if he's going to give you 20 25 steals there's value there plus there's the possibility that the power develops so i understand why there's intrigue on him i'm interested too and again i took him round 11 in february or january so at that point i was like wow okay pretty cheap price well my draft champions league here he went in 14 and then i know i took him earlier than that in fsta and I know the fan addict chimed in. And he says about round eight or nine for him. I think he said eight. I think, I think eight seems... I mean, look, I get him in 10. I feel great about that. But I think that every day that he plays well in the spring, his value is going up. I, what if I told you in three weeks at Tout, this guy might be going in round six to seven? Is that crazy? No, it's not. I wouldn't be surprised. It might happen. We saw it last year. So people are going to be excited about him and they are going to push him up the draft board so i mean again when i saw yesterday that he went around five like i was like that is crazy because i don't care what you say you are reacting to two spring training games when you're taking him in round five there's no other justification unless you show me your rankings before and show me that you had bunks in, in the top five rounds you are reacting to two spring training games and how many times do we say don't overreact in the spring. Clearly, people are doing it because no one had him ranked that high. I mean, I don't see everyone's rankings, but I've done a lot of drafts. He has not gone in the top nine rounds of any draft. So now all of a sudden, round five, it's clearly based on two spring training games. No, it is. But, I mean, don't you feel that way in football too? You know, a guy, a guy has a good, uh, a good game, you know, exhibition uh, week three, and you, uh, runs for 100 yards. All of a sudden, he's flying up uh, draft boards. That's what happens. Yeah, I mean, football, I think, obviously, there's a lot of other factors that, you know, go into it. You know, if it's a running back, it's okay. Did the coaching system change to the offensive line? But, yeah, we saw that with Amir Abdullah a couple of years ago. Yeah, the guy, the had guys one big run in the preseason. Yeah. So it, but it we're does doing happen. It, but, 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 like, that's – you have, like, four exhibition games and the Stars play maybe one or two. We're talking the first two games of the spring against what kind of pitching? Yeah, but he lost 21 – he lost. He got twenty-one pounds of muscle. Like every everything is pointing in the right direction for Buxton. We have to say, admit that. Yes, it is. I'm not saying that. I'm saying people pushing him up to round five is based on two games. 
All right, we're Scout Fantasy Sports. We're back after this. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. All right, we're back. We're Scal Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto here with Adam Ronis. And I want you to check out what we do every day at scoutfantasysports.com. Enter the promo code BATS50. That's BATS50. You get 50% off your first two months if you join us. And I personally guarantee that you will like what we do there because we do a great job. And Sean Childs is writing every day. I'm writing every day. Ronus is writing every day. What are you writing about, Ronus? Uh, my latest is a review of my Scout 44. So um, you can hop in now if you want to play playffwc.com. My uh, next 44 just filled and the draft is underway. So uh, I have pick nine. It in this. filled? I'm not getting it. Yeah. I'm not getting any early picks. Uh, I've picked nine in this, so the first three picks are off the board. Trout bets J.D. Martinez. Ronas, I am incredibly impressed. I don't think my 88 filled yet. I, I still have three close. spots. Yeah, it's getting close. <laughs> it's okay. I, if it doesn't fill, I'll be okay. <laughs> Unless you want to do my draft for me, Ronas. Would you like to do five at the same time, please? Ah. Uh, Five, I will do five things at the same time, but they will not be drafts, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Tristan Thompson style. All right, let me ask you a quick question here. Have you ever drafted two football teams simultaneously? No, I won't do that. I know people do. I, it's, I, I did can't. it. I did it in I Vegas. I don't want to do that. I don't that was not that. easy. That was not easy. I don't want to do that. You got to be like, you're going to miss something, man. You know, I think you just need to focus on one task at hand. Chad Trader, all about, does it all, Chad Trader does it all the time in Vegas, dude. All the time. But he has like 250 teams. So it's like, oh, okay, well, if that one doesn't work, it's all right. I got 249 <laughs> behind it, right? I mean, for real. Though. I did it this year. It was very hard because we I was one round ahead in one league, and then it was we took a break in one league. And I, I didn't miss anything, but I was afraid of missing something. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, it would have to be like the last-minute emergency, but I don't want to do that. I just like to zone in and focus on that one draft because you just, you know, it's, a, it's an important piece of the puzzle for me, and I need to be focused on that. I don't want to miss out on something because it'll drive me crazy. I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was there. I really wanted him. How did I mess that up? Because you're just focusing on two drafts, man. No, that's true. I, right, and, I, and I, I can see that. And I like to have a sheet in front of me and cross off the names. Do you do that when you do two drafts? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Of course. I have to. Did you have, have someone to. helping you for one of them? Have you seen Chris? Do you think Chris was helping me? The guy is too busy talking. Chris? Well, who is that? My partner in Vegas. Oh, well, you had seven partners, so I don't know who you're well, talking about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a man in demand there, Ronas. No, Chris is a great guy, but he doesn't. Basically, I, I, consult, I consult him. I'll say, these are the two guys I like. Who do you like? And right. then he'll and say, when he tells you the guy he doesn't. I, like, I you told go, the other one. with the other one, and he goes, "Fine, no, yeah, no. that's great." <laughs> no, for that works out well. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Sometimes I just say we're going for this guy, and I don't even ask. But sometimes, if I'm not sure, I'll say, "Who do you like?" And then he tells me, and then I, some, I do go with that guy. And then okay. occasionally, I'll t I will say this: he will come up with a name. This year's name he came up with was Taylor Gabriel. 
He insisted we draft him in the 20th pick of every draft. He was right. I mean, for a 20th round pick, yeah. Um, he was good. As a 20th round pick, he was very good. He was, but like he's not a guy that you could start every week. No, but a 20th round guy who probably gave you round 13 value. I mean, he was probably a fourth or fifth receiver for most of the season, especially during bye weeks. You're playing him. He scored two touchdowns on the season in one, one game. That's it. That was a very important game that I used. I probably <laughs> used him that game. That's why I like him so much. <laughs> yeah, you probably remember that game. I mean, he was okay. I mean, look, 20th round, sure. But it's not like he was great. Do you know what my 20th round picks were last year? I had three guys. Gabriel, Dallas Godert, and Lamar Jackson. Right, and Lamar worked if you held him all year. Right. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember. I think I took Callaway in my beat Adam Ronis in Vegas. Oh, that's Was a good one. Callaway? I think so, but I caught him. And then I caught him, and then, uh, <laughs> then he went for like big money like two weeks later. I'm like, oh, great. There's nothing worse than that. Because when you cut the guy and then he goes literally for $400 the next week, you're like, seriously? Oh, uh, yeah, because really? I think that pick, uh, you know, I was taking a while, and they were all looking at me like, come on, man, let's finish this. But I'm like, there's several <laughs> I was looking at uh, Callaway, Beasley, Philip Lindsay. I was actually looking at him. I didn't even I, know he existed. I didn't I did, even I, know this guy. I was reading about him, and there were positive reports out of Denver. But, like, at that point, you know, you had – uh, what, what's the Freeman? So I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, what is Lindsay going to do? And I was like, ah, I should have. You know what the lesson is? Always take that running back as a flyer in the last round, right? I was so off on Freeman. I've never been off on a player more in fantasy football in the last five years than I was on Freeman. But you know what's crazy is Freeman actually was not that bad. It was just Lindsay was better. It's not Look. like Fre Freeman was bad when you look at the yards per carry. And, and he also, at I don't know where it finished, but like late in the year, he had faced near the top of the league in eight-man fronts too. Lindsay looked like he was shot out of a cannon right. every time he touched mm -hmm. the ball. Yeah. He was looking like he went at a different speed. I, I've never seen anything like it. Freeman, I, I guess you said he didn't look bad. To me, he looked bad compared to Lindsey. I was like, my God, how do well, you even because, play this guy? Because that's the eye when you, when you right. see the quickness that Lindsey has. But Freeman, um, in term, his yards per carry at the end of the season was four. But there was a point where he was near the top. He was like, you know, four, 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 five. And he was seeing a lot of eight-man fronts. And part of that might have been, oh, Freeman's in the game. They're not going to pass to him low the box you know and especially with the way Keenan was playing you really weren't worried about him well I mean that team is such a train wreck you get rid of Keenan you get Joe Flacco yeah I mean, I, what, what what do you think you're going to do with Joe Flacco who's 36 years old how many more games is he going to win how are you doubting Elway when it comes to quarterback evaluation oh my, Doc? It, it, how does this guy have a job his name I know. Outside of his name, how do you? He, I, I swear to you, this guy better retire because he's a train wreck. Yep, it wasn't wasn't very good in Flacco. Uh, I don't see that really helping much. Yeah, I mean, and then who who's the uh, who got in? What Sanders is injured, right? Yeah, did he have a bad injury? Yeah, wasn't it a wasn't it Achilles? A Achilles, yeah. Ten, so right? yeah. he's not coming back. Sutton's still working out. I don't, I don't know. Man, and that offensive line was bad. That that I just don't know how you're better. Aren't you better off sometimes? And maybe this is baseball too, so let's let's use it for both. Aren't you better sometimes blowing it up than patching it together with guys who just hang, hanging on, veteran veterans who are hanging on for dear life? Yeah, usually and it didn't really make sense, the, the Flacco deal, because it's not like he's really that much better than Keenum right now at this point.
you know, what are you going based on? The one playoff run that Flacco had? I mean, he's older. He can't move. You don't have a great offensive line. So, to me, it didn't make sense. Yeah, I think I'd rather if I – and I was talking about this with my son in the car, you know, when we drive to school, that, like, if I'm the, if I'm the Raptors and I can't get Kawhi Leonard to sign – Maybe I just blow it up because I have Lowry next year too. Maybe I got to figure out how to just take the three or four guys that I like and work around Van Vliet and Sycam and, and, and Gasol. Yeah, and I think that's what the Clippers did, and they're still in contention for the eighth seed. But, you know, they decided at the deadline, you know what? What's the point? We're, we're not going to make the finals, so let's trade off Tobias Harris and, you know, open up that money to get two big free agents. So I think you see it more in the NBA and in baseball than you do in the NFL. Because I think in the NFL, teams feel like, okay, we can make that transition, that jump real quick uh, if you get the right players involved. The problem is I don't think Denver did that with Joe Flacco. Now, we always talk about teams that are giving up, okay? Let me flip the switch and talk about baseball and say, are you worried that the Houston Astros will be winning by 27 games in September and maybe they shut some of their guys down? No, because you might have thought that last year and it didn't happen. So I don't think you can worry about that. Plus, I think in the AL, it's top-heavy where they'll still be fighting for home field advantage. I mean, we saw it last year. It was them, Cleveland, Boston, Yankees all up top. So, no, I don't think you can draft your team uh like that uh and it's a long how about in head-to-head leagues would you feel differently in head-to-head leagues no so you just trust that those guys will bregman's gonna play no matter what if correa bregman you're you're good yeah i'm not worried about it is that something that you think people overanalyze sometimes i don't really hear it talked about in baseball just because it's so difficult to know um you know yeah they we know the astros are going to be good uh, but did anyone think the A's were going to be as good as they were last year? No, and they were, and they were right there in the mix. So I think people say that about more in basketball with Golden State, but Golden State only has a game-and-a-half lead right now in the Western Conference over Denver. So they might rest a player here or there, but it might not be as bad as we think um, in the NBA this year, and that's the one sport where I think you really had to worry about it. Like That was a consideration with Durant and Curry early. It's like, okay, well – what happens if they sit late March, early April? And that's why I think, at least in the NBA, and what I've done in the head-to-head leagues is move up my playoffs. I think we have this week, next week, and then two weeks of playoffs, and that's it. So you, you like, so what are you about a month out, or how? What's how far are you doing the playoffs? Four weeks before the end of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, so this week is uh, we have a week, and then next week is the last week of the regular season. Then. The semifinals and the championship. So, yeah, it'll end mid-March, which I think you have to do in, in yeah. the NBA. Because we used to go right until the end of the regular season, and that last week would be like 10 days because uh, you have usually the season right. ends on a Wednesday. Right. But you just got too many guys that are just sitting. So decided to push it up. So you mentioned the A's. I, there's, a, there's a player I've been very intrigued by um, for quite some time now, Matt Chapman. Uh, really good defensive player. He's got a lot of power. But, you know, he's had some surgeries. Was it his thumb or maybe his shoulder? Can't, you know, he hasn't been healthy. How, do you like him? Do you feel like this guy is, is an impact third baseman this year in fantasy baseball? I liked him a lot last year. I was able to get him in the NFBC auction, I think, for two, three bucks. Um, I was really 
uh, looking at him. I like him this year, but don't love him. I haven't gotten him in any draft yet. He just seems to be going in an area that's just a little bit too early for me. You know, eighth, ninth round. So, well, I, I'd consider him, but he he's not been a target, and he hasn't found his way onto my team yet. But I do think he's a good player, and uh, you know, th- the problem is I think with him is there's nothing outstanding that he does. You know, he doesn't run. Uh, I don't think he's got good power. He does, but he had 24 home runs last year. I mean, in today's is he a guy that can go 30? Is he a guy that can go 30 and 100? Uh, Potentially. Uh, I do like him. It's just he's not a he's not a target for me where he's going. Like I don't really see him being a great value right now. See, in my NFBC draft champions, where did he go? One moment, please. I, he's been going. Oh, he went around six. My God. Some guy took him around yeah, six. That's I'm way not, high. I'm Ooh. not taking him in round six. Would you take him in round 10? Yeah, I'd consider him in 10. If I had a vacancy at third base, yeah, I'd consider him. Some guy took Raphael Devers in round 10. I think I'd rather take Matt Chapman. Uh, I think I have Chapman ranked higher. I think Devers, though, uh, is intriguing. I think he wasn't healthy last year, and you know he's still you know young. He's only twenty two years old. He's it he's is. a bit young for me though, Ronas. A little. I mean, I he's just a little raw for me, and he's not in great shape yet. All right. I mean, you know, his power was close to Chapman last year. No, his power and look, Devers is going to be great. Devers is is legit going to be a cornerstone for the for the Red Sox for the next decade. I just you know how when guys just. They're, they still have that baby fat. Devers has that baby fat to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think I have Chapman ranked higher, but Devers did hire a nutritionist in the offseason. So he's been working on his conditioning, and he said he f- feels healthy. So, I mean, everybody's going to say that, but I think the fact that he did hire a nutritionist at this age is a there real go. good sign for me. It is a good sign. Right. It shows that I'm not going to Burger King. I'm not going to Waffle House. And I know I, I look, I, I would be, I think I'm going to be all in on Devers next year. I like Devers this year and I'll draft him this year, but I may be all in next year. That's the kind of guy he is on, in that kind of lineup. Yeesh. Yeah. I haven't, he hasn't found his way in on my team either. So, um, but I, I think if you can get him at a discounted price, I think he's intriguing. I would take Devers in round 10 over Miguel Andohar in round five or six. Yeah, I think Andujar is being overvalued. I think this is the uh, Yankee price tag uh, pushing him up the draft board. Uh, good, good player, but to me, not a fifth round pick. What about what do we do with Josh Donaldson? Where do we rank? Would you rather have Donaldson in maybe round six or seven, or Devers in ten? I'm not taking Donaldson around six or seven. Uh, <laughs> but that's where he's going to go. He's going to go around six or seven. Nah, he just went round eight of my league, a 15 team league. But again, really. I, yeah, I think people are uh, people are really passing on players in this draft that they don't like. Like this is a league where you know how you're like, oh, this guy's on the board; he's so much value. Not in this league. These guys are like pass, pass. Like Kershaw fell to 81. Like, and people were criticizing us, like, oh, well, that's uh, the, the, everyone passed on him. Why? I mean, the guy's got something wrong with him, right? How now. many picks have you made since yesterday? I don't even remember where we left off. All right, you took your, your fourth pick. Who was your fifth pick again? Perrazzo. Right, you took, that was the last one. How many, who have you taken since? Uh, Castellanos, Luis nice. Castillo, and Aaron Hicks. Oh, that's nice, Ronis. I like those guys. I don't know, man. This league is really tough. Uh, it's, I like those players, though. Those are guys that I'm, that I'm interested in. Yeah, but I got sniped on a lot of players. Like, 
you know, one round, the whole queue was emptied. So there's Hicks, really, there's Hicks really is a no, beast this year. Hicks is a beast. He is. I mean, it's not really value where he, where I took him. It's a little ahead of ADP, but I really don't. What care round is this it? Draft eight. In a so, I, I think he's, I, I have no problem with that. What do you? I mean, look. What do you want him a nine? I, sometimes you got to jump around to get him. Well, in this draft, you have to jump everyone uh, because it's really tough. And uh, one of the participants in it, uh, Frank Stample, he's going to join me in the next hour at three twenty. So he is picking eight, and he said this draft's been really tough. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about that, and he's going to stick around. Also, we're going to talk NBA and NBA DFS. Uh, only three games on the slate tonight, but some good games for DFS. How was, how was Big Gene McCaffrey yesterday? Uh, he was good. Always good talking to him. You know, he does the NFBC as well, and on a very short. Did he have guy. some players he liked? Any, did he discuss any players he liked that you remember? Yeah, he. We were talking about some of the undervalued veterans, and uh, one of the guys that we talked about was Andrew McCutcheon, who happened to just go in our in our league uh, at eight uh, thirteen. Did so? Gene likes him. Yeah. Uh, I do too. I wrote about him when he signed with the Phillies on ScoutFantasySports.com saying that there's still something left. That's a great ballpark for right-handed power. Uh, so McCutcheon, you know, he's not what he was years ago, but this is a guy that can give you some um, some pop, some speed, and it's a good lineup. It's a really good lineup. I mean, he was in San Fran last year. It's one of the worst ballparks to be in in a terrible lineup. Now he goes to Philly. It's a nice upgrade for him. I used to – one of the few things I read each year is a wise guy baseball. I always trust Gene. Gene didn't even write it one year because he didn't right, want people yeah. looking at his stuff. I don't blame him. Everybody knew what he was going to do at every draft. Yeah. I mean, it's, it happens uh, for a lot of people in the industry. You kind of have to decide what do you want to do. You know, if you, you have to understand that people are going to know uh, going in who you like. And, you know, people could use my rankings against me in the draft. There's nothing I can do. My, my job is to help people win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that this year if I draft with you on us. Nah, don't. <laughs> I, can't use, I can't use your rankings against you. <laughs> Why no. not? Come on. All right, I wouldn't do that. All right, guys, it's Dr. Roto. I'm out of here. Be well. Take care. Stay tuned for another hour with Scout Fantasy Sports with Adam Ronas, Frank Stample coming on at 320. And remember, go to scoutfantasysports.com. That's 50. Get you 50% off the, next, the first two months of your uh, subscription. All right, guys, stay tuned. Back right after this.